The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid Freak Show, the unofficial American Horror Story Freak Show internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Monday, December 8th, 2014, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. Here on Are You Afraid Freak Show, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the Hit FX series. We're also going to deliver directly to you the biggest news regarding American Horror Story Freak Show. Allow me to welcome you to Poppy Chulo's Cabinet of Curiosities of Freaks and Geeks. First up, the bearded lady held a gun up to him, but he got her with a blade straight to the face. All he wants is people to say... Yes, Miss Elsa. It's deadly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was worth it right there, just to hear that. Can I hear that again? Yes, Miss Elsa. (laughs) Thank you, Mapati. She's she's back from... uh, from the great beyond. What's up, freaks and geeks? I'm ready for this. I missed you. Next up, her father may have turned her into a serpent, but when the three-tittied wonder brought her her father, all tarred and feathered, she said, For me? <laughs> it's cat's meow. <laughs> 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 I was like, I have to, I have to... <laughs> almost like keep saying it in order to like get it because that one was hard yes. wait why did I have to be introduced as that man she's ugly <laughs> I mean yes she's a lizzy girl but she ugly she was ugly before and after uh-huh. I kind of like lizard girl come on <laughs> you were a liar Jessie <laughs> Oh, that's too much. And unfortunately, Prince Rico Suave is not with us tonight, and our own Jonathan Perkins is not here as well. He is out celebrating his birthday, so he won't. So both of them won't be with us it's tonight. Your birthday. Yes, it's your birthday. they're both out flying. Like a butterfly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is killing me. That, that was really just for my <laughs> pleasure because I love it when. When Cat's Meow gets all Ma Petite for us. But of course, you know, we, we are still mourning Ma Petite. Correct? Everyone's still sad? I feel like a hole is like it's in the TV show now. But not a big enough hole to like distract me on what the fuck is going on. It's almost the end of the season. No questions have really been answered. Well, not almost the end, but getting close, yes. Deadly, you were not with us during Ma Petite's death episode. So do you have any final words for Ma Petite? No, it hit me hard though. Hit me hard. I was just, I, 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 I look. I am speechless. <laughs> is your husband happy because your husband is freaked out by her? You know what? It actually made him a little sad. I saw him 
I saw him. He was a little sad. And you know our friends. There's one friend that does a very good my petite too. Is it he's better been, than Cats Meow? Not quite, but it's right up there. It's right up there. And he's been in mourning. Even this week, he, he could hardly make it here to see it th- this week's episode because he was still in mourning. And I think he was wearing black. Aww. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, damn, petite. like, she's not dead in real life. Like, chill the fuck out. <laughs> she's out with the homies in real life. Hey, it was acting. Yes. But on that note, let's jump into the show. And we're going to first start off in the sideshow. And uh, it was interesting. There, there's been a major reaction by viewers over the death of Mapetit. This is an article that I found on yahoo.com, tv.yahoo.com. Viewers are angry about the death of an AHS freak show fan favorite. And basically the article goes into, you know, you know, basically talking about Mapetit's death on the show and and how Twitter kind of went batshit crazy and i know that um that you cats me had mentioned the tweet that sarah paulson had said so i'm just going to repeat it basically she she had posted this was prior to the show airing that the last 10 minutes of tonight's episode might be the most upsetting and terrifying thing we've ever done prepare yourselves and so then afterwards you know twitter went crazy and so it started off with denial someone tweeted uh, at brandon hilton tweeted not my petite a whole bunch of sad emoticons that was the worst thing in the history of ever omg then there was bargaining you know because obviously these are the, the stages of grief and um you know someone's like someone had tweeted um michael chickless uh the the name is at underscore marl underscore e and uh basically is tweeting Michael Chiklis that they would love Michael Chiklis back next season as long as he can undo what he did this week, you know, in reference to Ma Petit's death. Then there's depression, of course, at Timmy's Well, says Ma Petit, OMFG, my life has no meaning anymore, this is not real, goodbye. And then someone else named at Daniela underscore JPG said Ma Petit's death has me like, and there's an image of uh, someone drinking. Then, of course, there's acceptance. You will always be our butterfly, Ma Petit said, at Say Hey Matt. And then, of course, anger. We have um, our own pepper, Naomi W. Grossman tweeted, No, pick on someone your own size, Del. And then some, I love you, Pepper. Yes, and then at M. Bago said, we want justice for hashtag Ma Petite. And then people threatened to stop watching some, you know, at Lakin Gibson, mark my words, if American Horror Story has something bad happen to Ma Petite, I'm done watching. So there's this incredible reaction to Ma Petite. Why do you think, and I'm asking both of you, Ma Petite connected so well with the listeners not not the listeners sorry the viewers i'm so used to talking uh, radio lingo but the the viewers of american horror story cats meow um just because like she was so tiny and cute and like but don't I treat guess, her like a baby i know not treat don't but she is like we can't like ignore the fact that she's tiny and cute and she's probably the most innocent thing that there is out there. Like, when you have something that cute, and who, excuse the phrase, smother it out the light. <laughs> we love you, my petite. But, like, it sucks, and it's like you get, you attach yourself because it's so cute. But, like, I mean, chill the fuck out. 
it's just a fucking TV show. Like, she's alive. Y'all can chill out. Deadly. Down. Deadly. Yeah, Are you surprised by the connection Ma Petite has with the fans? No, because, you know, I mean, she does, just like Cash Mail kind of said. I mean, she's got kind of a childlike quality, and you got to protect the kids. And I mean, she's Trick so, loves the kids. Yeah, I mean... She, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, there's and there always ends up being some kind of favor every year. And I think, you know, Pepper one year got it. I think just the innocence thing, you know, I mean, if you're kind of innocent... I'm, yeah, it's like... Grab, it's like a Gravitate. kid. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like a kid. There's always a like a like um what's his face like Gary Coleman, boom like kid. Everyone loved him. Uh, I don't know Webster. Webster. Oh Webster, you're right. I forgot about him. Oh, and then <laughs> in the Walking Dead TV and the Walking Dead video game, they there was a a little girl that was one of the main characters, and a lot of people like they quickly attached to her. So, it's just like, but I'll tell you one kid that they don't attach to that I didn't, Carl from Walking Dead, that fucking badass kid, don't ever listen to what the fuck he's told, badass kid, bad shout, kid. Shout out to the Ramblers. Right? Shout out to the Rambling bad, Dead. Bad kid. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Rambling Dead. <laughs> and on that note, let's dive into the big top, and we're going to put a spotlight on the MVP of the week, the most valuable player, the character that impressed you the most during this week's episode. So, who was it for you, Deadly? <laughs> Must I even say? Uh, can, can you say it in, in the little voice of our angel that's gone? Our angel, my petite. Wait, what do you want me to say? Miss Elsa. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He's back uh, on Jessica Lang. Yes, of course it's Jessica. Yes. Come on, all those crocodile tears this week. I mean, she was so good. I mean, she first she played the bearded lady and and then she just and then when at the funeral you know, at the <laughs> at the was it the burial? Where where was she doing those crocodile tears? At the site of the murder. Yeah, the site of the murder. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that was the best. I mean yeah, it was Jessica Lang this week. I mean, she was just showing you all kinds of things that you didn't even know if to believe her. I mean, she was even she got me. She fooled you. <laughs> she fooled me this week. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's back to my Jessica Lang. She got it. All right. Now, can can you give us a yes, Miss Elsa? Yes, Miss Elsa. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. And cats meow. Who was your MVP of the week? Do you agree that it was the amazing Jessica Lang as Elsa Mars? Um, okay. Like, kind of. But, like, you know, I got a fixation for, like, Butch Kathy Bates. Like, yes. Wolf. Is she a gay for pay bitch, though? Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> I, would be, I would be gay for pay for her, like, in this moment. <laughs> she is so fucking hot. It's ridiculous. Only is this, like she's hot all the other, all like any other time. But would I smash as Ethel, darling? Yes, I would. I would smash. How does she talk again? I I can't do. <laughs> you need to do it. <laughs> okay, what was what is something she would say? Oh um. Oh fuck! What was you that? You killed my petite. Oh no! 
I can't do it. It has to be like something she said. Fuck, what was it? I don't. I think you should leave, and I don't want to see you anymore. I think that was. It's <laughs> <laughs> like anyone noticed in this episode, you can really hear like her accent, her Southern Scottish. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it's it was. Baltimore. But like, I was upset. That, that is that really what it is? Is that how Baltimore people talk? Sure. Like she was hiccuping. Like when she would talk. Like that's what it sounded like. But she did a really good job. But like shit, no, she was my MVP for all kinds of reasons. Just because like damn, I heard that she was supposed to be singing a song. Did anyone else hear that? The good shit, Lollipop? No. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine her singing it with that accent? <laughs> shut up! Shut up! I can't even right now. I need you to be quiet. Oh my god. Okay. No, I heard. I read on a blog somewhere that she was supposed to be singing "Holes Doll Parts." Hold. That's what. Oh, hole. Like, Courtney Love. Courtney Love and hole. Hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the song "Doll Parts." That's what yeah, I read. I and it was on like it was on one of the articles where they talked I'd about. I'd rather hear my petite sing it. Like go, <laughs> like I was because I wanted to know what they were gonna do because like doll parts like she's like dying like probably need a new liver or some shit like that I don't know, but like, damn like I'm, she was my MVP because like I'm not gonna lie that two week break really really almost made me forget the last episode so I had to like refresh myself on what was going on and like she had love for miss for miss elsa like she really did like it's just really sad like how she went out but she was my mvp and then also you know the three titty lady like i don't know what happened but i guess like they started giving her lines (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden she's like talking she wasn't a background person anymore i was like what the fuck is going on I, i guess maybe they only paid for her for so many episodes but like this, like this, this is like last season. Like she'll go away for a little bit, and then all of a sudden she'll get like a paragraph worth of lines, and Angela be milking them motherfuckers for all they were. Like she was like, Ugh. it's just really weird. But I guess like after like what took place in the episode, like I guess they're kind of tied. But Ethel is definitely number one if they didn't give Angela any lines. Okay. See, I'm the opposite. I, I have to give major props to uh, Ethel, because we all love our gay for pay bitch. But for me, the MVP was uh, the tre- three-tittied wonder, Desiree Dupree. She was just fantastic. I love that they finally gave her something to do. I love what she did. And I loved all the sass and the bravado and the girl power in her, you know. And then she was getting sassy with Maggie Esmeralda. It's fantastic. Loved it. Shout out to Desiree Dupree. So let's dive into our recap of episode 409, which was appropriately titled Bloodbath. And it aired on December 3rd, 2014. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Recent disappearances around camp raise Ethel's suspicion of Elsa. Gloria makes a last-ditch effort to contain Dandy's bloodlust. So without getting too deep into the episode, I want to get everyone's initial reaction, and we're going to start off with Miss Kitty. Zip me, please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I don't want my excitement for 
Freak showed me back to overrule like how I really felt about the episode. I think like I liked the episode, but it was like it was okay. But I'm happy that they're back. But there are some things that just like I could have done without on this episode. I feel like this is like almost like an earlier in the season episode, but that's just me. But it was good. Okay. Deadly, what did you think? Would you tell the episode to zip you? <laughs> no, you know what? It. I'll tell you what, it did shock me, which I do like that because, you know, even with Mopati, they were kind of setting that up the last, even the week before, we kind of said, you know, they put her in that little butterfly jar. We're like, okay, something's going to happen. Wait, what, uh, what is it that she said, um, Cat's Meow? What'd you say? In the butterfly jar. Oh. Um... <laughs> was she no she said like a butterfly in the jar i know i'm waiting for you to do oh. it oh i was trying you know what i started doing the hand gesture thank you yeah so i mean they were setting setting that up so i i kind of wasn't a big surprise to me that you know it was my petite was gone last week, but this week, man, I was not expecting any of the the kills, and just, it just surprised me everything. Even when Lizard Lazy Lady and the ladies went to go mess with her dad, and that shocked me too. So I, I would, I, I guess I'd really like this. It was one of the better episodes because it just kind of shocked me. Nice. I enjoyed the episode as well. I was, mm-hmm. I was surprised by the deaths too. I, I did not think. The individuals that pass, which we will be talking about in just a little bit. I was surprised that they pass when they pass. Especially more so the last one mm-hmm, than mm-hmm. the first one. Just because I'm like, wow, like that whole storyline is going to go crazy. Because, she, you know, this person is like the one that's containing what's going on in a sense. And, and like, uh, f- sort of like the fixer behind, you know. Right? At, and I'm like, it what's going to so happen sad. now? I know. We'll discuss it in a little bit, though. So uh, I'll stop talking because we're all going to want to start talking about that. And I'll just dive into the episode. And uh, we're going to start off uh, at the beginning at the Freak Show. And basically, people are searching for Mopatee. We got our, you know, Cat's Meow's homegirl, Amazon Eve, yelling for Mopatee. You know, they got the dogs out. Everyone's going crazy looking for Mopatee. And Jimmy screams upon finding uh, some tattered clothing with blood and um so we have everybody else at the big top everyone's coming back and jimmy carries a cardboard box which elsa opens to her horror and um you know there there's nobody apparently whoever whatever supposedly or at least they think you know eight Petite, you know, ate her bones too. And uh, Del attributes, of course, he attributes it to coyotes or another animal. And Elsa, of course, breaks down. But Ethel becomes suspicious and wary. So in Elsa's Moulin Rouge tent, you know, Elsa laments Ma Petite. You know, she's like, oh, my Ma Petite, my little, she's so innocent. How is that what she said, uh, Deadly? <laughs> I can't do the accent like that, but she said something like that. <laughs> okay. And so she notices that Ethel is not mourning. And Ethel basically tells her longtime BFF that, you know, 
I almost believe you're a crocodile tears, or something like that. That's what Cat's Meow would say, right? You know what? I almost believe you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she sounds like like a dull stew, so it's like, I almost believe you up there with your crocodile tears. That was good. I like that one. <laughs> Basically saying that, you know, she seems so, you know, I'm, I almost believe the sincerity of it. And then Elsa... She doesn't slap her. She, like, bitch slaps. Like, she was like, where's my money slap? Like, she slapped the shit yeah. out of her. Like, I would have fell to the floor. She took that fucking slap like a beast. <laughs> I agree. And so then Ethel basically says that all that Elsa cares about is the roar of the crowd. And she hates someone stealing her spotlight. And then we see a fantastic flashback. Oh, love that. Love the flashback. Yes, we see a flashback <laughs> of Elsa finishing her life on Mars. And Ma Petite's coming out in a little carriage, you know, giving her a flower. But then she steals the spotlight from Elsa because everyone's clapping for Ma Petite. Because Ma Petite is freaking adorable. And so then Elsa blames Ethel's behavior on drinking, and he, she orders her out. And uh, 14 years of friendship and history have made Ethel realize that she dreads her best friend. And Elsa spurns Ethel's accusations of murder, you know, overturning the table, throwing shit all over the place. And Ethel reminds Elsa that she's not their savior. She's their surrogate mother. And, uh, furthermore, Ethel overheard Elsa's cold conspiracy with Stanley to murder the twins, killing any feelings that uh, the bearded lady had for her. And so, basically, you know, Elsa's like, you know, I'll bring in the twins for testimony, but, uh, Ethel had them sent away for safety. And, uh, as, uh, you know, Elsa sort of turns, Ethel shoots Elsa in one of her legs, leaving a hole through the prosthetic. And so Elsa chuckles, telling her basically the story of how she became a freak. Apparently, immediately after the amputation incident that we saw a few episodes ago, remember the soldier that was kind of like stalking her, brought her to Massimo Dolzfino, an, art an artisan prosthetic in wartime and a cinematic prop maker thereafter and basically he crafted her legs and he was actually played by the actor that played the axe man so that was a nice little you know return actor from last season and so Ethel asks, you know, Elsa, why she never revealed this? Why didn't you tell me? And, uh, she, you know, she still in intends to basically stop Elsa and and her methods and everything she's trying to do but Elsa thinks that Ethel intends to kill her but Ethel said you know intends to kill herself you know feeling that she has nothing to live for you know I looked up to you you're my friend and I don't you know nothing and um, quickly their interplay you know shows a bit of change in plan and Elsa decides to kill Ethel you know but be before the bearded lady can change her mind you know Ethel turns around to basically shoot Elsa but then Elsa you know we she's all good with knives and shit throws a knife directly into where did it land was it her forehead was it like inside of her eye right in her eye yeah it yeah. looked like it was right in her yeah. eye and then Elsa sort of looks on at the horror of her own murderous actions so let's pause right here and let's talk let's let's drop a little thimble of like a, you know <laughs> of uh, gin and juice for our 
gay for pay, <laughs> <Not> bitch. <thimble. laughs> Ethel. <clears throat> yeah, you know, because that's about enough for my petite. So let's <laughs> talk about Ethel and her death. Were we surprised? Did we see it coming, Miss Kitty? No, I did not see it coming. Like, as soon as I saw her look on the table and she, I saw a throwing knife, I was like, back, back. She's going to kill my friend. I got to get in the TV. I got to save her. Like, I was just, I was so upset. I was so fucking upset. Fucking hate that wolf leg bitch. Like, I hate her. Oh, but, no, like, I, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I'm so fucking mad. Like, it sucks because it's like I didn't want her to kill Elsa. Like, believe it or not, Deadly, I didn't want Elsa to die. Like, I was like, I hope they just really figured this out and she can, like, somehow, like, talk her out of it, eat her pussy, do something. Like, mm. just, like, I don't want nobody to die. God, but I really don't want Ethel to die. But it was just like, fuck. So I was really sad about that. And her talking about how her legs were crafted. Like, that bitch is pure theater. Like, do you think she tells the truth at all? Or does she just, like, she's, I don't know. Like, it's just strange. What happened to the man that crafted her legs? Like, what happened happened to the axe man? Like, I guess. like Like, I guess he got tired of, like, getting splinters in the middle of the night or some bullshit. So I wasn't shocked about that story, but it was nice. I like flashbacks. And did you see her face? It was it was snatched. I don't know what they did. Oh. I don't know what a prosthetic mm-hmm. applied. They snatched that face the fuck up. That was great. Um, the Mopatine was really really sad, but I don't think she was faking that. I don't think she would have like said okay to killing Mopatine just because like she was right. That was her Mopatine. baby doll. Yeah, like if she didn't care about Mopati, she would have left that. She would have left Mopati on the bed because Mopati is too precious to call a hoe or a bitch. But she would have left her on the bed and and been like, "Oh, that's cute, a water bottle." But she really slept with Mopati. Like she she was cuddling Mopati as the water bottle. Would you so sleep with Mopati? Hell yeah! Like I probably I don't like to cuddle like that, so I'd be like, "This is." Side, this is my side. Do not cross this line. Dudley, would I... you would you sleep with my petite? I put her at my feet, like where my dog sleeps. You put her... Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, Dudley! We're gonna call child protective services. <laughs> I'm fucking done. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> so, Dudley, we already know that Cat's Meow has murderous intent with. Elsa, so would you be her Kevin Costner and, and save her bodyguard style from Cat's Meow? Oh, you know I would. Because, I mean, the whole point of that, okay, yeah, she was talking to Stanley, and, and but I, I I see where she was going. She was just kind of like yeah, in the moment. It didn't mean, you know, word. what'd she say? Like words, actions mean more than words. It's kind of to that effect. And and she was really crying. She was hurt with my petite. Which that without that those were not crocodile tears. That was some real Elsa tears right there. And can we go back and talk about her, uh, the craftsmanship of the feet? It was. Just, it was mm-hmm. They were polished. Did you want to touch it? I wanted to lick them. I did. I wanted to lick her did wooden you toes. You wanted. You wanted to lick her. <laughs> you wanted to lick her wood. Yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I wanted to lick those wooden toes all between them. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like I'm mad that when she shot through the leg, she was like, "Are you shot?" Like, 
I'm shocked, but like he should have kept going. He should have just been like, "Ah, this bitch is crazy!" Like she was gonna kill. Her. So I don't even know why she was like trying to be a thug about it. Like she was trying to Sharon Stone it. But I guess I. They. And Ma Petit coming out on the flashback, love that with on the little was it the little wheelbarrow? Was it? She had like a she had like a little carriage. Yeah, the little carriage. Oh fuck! I'm putting that as my own screensaver right now. I'll be back. Yeah, but I was I was surprised that that Ethel's demise. Though I'm mean, just shocked. Me, I did not. I figured they might fight a little bit and everything. But even the wording was confusing me. Was did that bother you, Poppy, or did you catch that? Because I thought she said, "Well, no, I'm gonna." I thought she said she wanted to take her own life. Yeah, it, was, it sounded like she was just gonna commit suicide that night. Yes, I was like. I almost thought, well, maybe she wanted to die. I mean, but I don't think Elsa didn't know about her cancer, did she? No. Yeah, I think ever, she didn't, did she? No. Nobody knew. No. Well, uh, well, Del sort of knew. Well, it goes into that in in in, in a bit. Del sort of okay. knew. Desiree sort of knew. But I think mm-hmm. those are the only two that knew. Oh, that's right. Not even and her Jimmy's son. Jimmy's about to know sooner mm-hmm. or later, because remember she said she left a letter in Jimmy's. That's right. Mm-hmm. I hope. I really hope Elsa forgot about that shit. Cause I would love to see Jimmy strangle Elsa, like straight up, just like lobster hands. Pow! All from the neck. Pow! That's exactly what it would sound like. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised by Ethel's demise as well. I don't know. I just, I always just pictured her character being there until the end uh, like i didn't or like dying naturally and you know having this this you know tearful moment bedside with jimmy and that kind of thing i, I never thought she would actually get murdered so that was a surprise and as both of you said you know shout out to Moptique. she looked freaking adorable and uh, yeah so let's continue on with the story and basically, uh, we see Maggie, and she's crying, and basically she's discovered something, and she claims that she was picking flowers from Appetite's grave when a speeding car collided with a nearby tree, and apparently Ethel was behind the wheel. And, uh, you know, everyone's shocked when Maggie declares that it was... A suicide and uh, yeah so everyone's like shocked and Jimmy wonders why you know his mother would do such thing and Desiree sort of reveals that Ethel had been sick and Del confirms it and Elsa demands to see the site of the accident in the wreckage you know Desiree wonders why Ethel's head is head is missing and uh, you know, there's like a bloody chain nearby tethered to a tree that explains the beheading. And uh, in fact, you know, as Elsa is like giving the show of shows, crying, we learn in a flashback, which Cat's Meow loves, that Elsa and Stanley basically set the whole thing up. So Elsa must have gone to Stanley, you know, and he's like, well, I'm your agent, and, you know, we cover shit up for celebrities. Uh... 
and Go so <laughs> and so they position the car and everything and, and uh obviously he wants the head because he's gonna sell it to the morbidity museum because it's a bearded lady but so he wraps this chain around her head and she's like why are you doing that and he's like oh because it, you know it makes sense and she's still confused and uh so that's how it happens and obviously maggie is in on the whole thing as well because she's working with stanley so it's it's no surprise as to why she's the one that discovered the body and uh, jimmy consoles elsa while she sobs over the body so later on jimmy eulogizes his um mother you know with an emily dickinson quote and uh you know pretty much everyone's there except for elsa and everyone sort of, uh, you know, talks and everything. And, you know, they say nice words about Ethel. They drop stones on... It, I'm, it doesn't sound right the way I'm describing it, but it's, it's sort of a nice testament. It's sort of like honoring Ethel and her grave. So, moving into a different storyline, at this funeral, we have uh, Desiree, who's inspired by Ethel's survivor nature and strength, and Penny's sort of commiserating, or, you know, reminding them all that her father mutilated her, and so in Ethel's name, Desiree calls for retribution against Penny's father, and the, all the ladies volunteer. So, you know, we have Susie there, and we have Amazon Eve, and so they end up plotting, and uh, we see that uh, Susie sneaks in through a window at uh, Penny's father's house, lets the others in, and hearing all the noise downstairs, Penny's father comes down with a shotgun, encountering his daughter in the mezzanine, and he wonders how he got in there, because he had changed locks, and so Desiree knocks him out and kidnap him. They take him back to um, the trailer that Desiree's in, and, you know, Penny's father is disrobed, tied to a chair, and uh, Desiree and Eve are about to tar and feather him. And they're planning to cut off his penis and toss him into the river so that the crocodiles and the alligators uh, eat him up. Penny calls to intervene, but insists that she should do this herself. So together, she and Eve pour the hot tar on him, and the feathers fly. Moments before they're about to chop his dangling off, Maggie runs in and reasons that this isn't the way to obtain justice. Desiree says that, you know, basically Maggie's out of her depth and her element. She's not a freak. She should stay out of this. Maggie counters that with a caution, you know, that this action could lead them to jail, and Penny grabs the knife and claims her identity as the astounding lizard girl, and says that he will only live because she says so, and if he ever comes near any of them again, he's gonna die. So Desiree calls for him to be dragged to the edge of the camp, where he'll crawl all the way home. Elsewhere, Elsa visits a wellness center where she meets Barbara. <laughs> An Upper East Side Manhattanite debutante who's on a shimmy machine for weight loss. Elsa pitches her on joining the show where her obesity will be cherished as she eats a baby Ruth. Let's, uh, let's pause here before I get into anything else and let's talk about... 
Um, you know, if you want to talk about uh, Elsa and her theatrics at uh, the crime scene or the suicide scene, we can talk about Elsa visiting Barbara and, of course, everything that happened with Penny's father and Desiree, Susie, and Amazon Eve. Deadly, since you're very happy about Barbara, let's let's get your take on this. <laughs> because I, I love the scene with the, the fat lady. Did you like the recruit? Did you want to eat some of that baby Ruth? I did. I just love the way she was just milking it and just like, oh, it made me want to go get one. I don't know. Every time I eat a baby Ruth, I'm going to think of uh, Jessica Lang now. I'm just, I'm yeah, just the way she was eating it and the fat lady was just salivating. You could Mm -hmm. just see it. You should eat it the exact (laughs) same way that she ate it. (laughs) I'm going to. I'm going to. So that, and then the crocodile tears. I mean, that, that, that shit was funny. I mean, she almost had me full too. I was like, because I knew, I knew the reality because I knew what was going on. But she almost, she would have fooled me because she had it good. I mean, even the son, the son went to go <laughs> hold her, you know. And um, can I just say something real quick? Where's yes. Pepper? Where's Pepper? Not enough damn Pepper, man. Pepper well, Pepper kinda... was there a little bit in, in she just was there, a second, but... yeah. She was there, but just, I mean, they're not giving her even... She was eating some meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, she just kind of walked by and this show her just walking by and handing things to Miss Elsa once in a while. That's about it. But yeah, the uh, the flashbacks, great again. I love all the little things that they do. I mean, where we saw Ethel's head, how, you know, how they handled that and, and tied it. And, and it just made sense. I mean, it just made sense. Like why that kind of made sense where she, maybe she is like in cahoots with this guy a little more now because... I'm anxious to see this because are we going to see the bearded lady's head floating in that water somewhere? So I'm guessing maybe at the end of all this, we're going to be back at that museum and see all the freaks in that museum. And my guess is I'm just throwing this out. Spoiler alert. I don't even know if it's true, but my own spoiler alert. I bet you we even see Miss Elsa with her no legs in one of them jars. And she's finally famous. Yeah. (laughs) This is uh, very interesting. Do you think um, Ethel's head will be labeled gay for pay, bitch? <laughs> it will, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Kitty, what did you think of uh, the crocodile tears, the tar and feathering, and of course the fat lady? Okay. I don't really care about. Elsa, what have I done? Bitch, you know you did next. Anyways, like, I've already laid into her as much as I can, because I can't stand that act. Like, goodbye. Bye. Like, I already knew she was next. I I was just simply, I was just a bye, bitch. Like, goodbye. I'm so over you right now. You pissed me the fuck off. So, I have to talk about this tar and feathering scene, because I, I, like, I saw it coming from a mile away. Like, I feel bad for my fiance because I was literally blurting out everything that was going to happen before it happened. So the tar and feathering thing, like, I'm sorry, Miss, uh, what is her name? Miss Maggie Elsmeralda. Bitch, you could have came sooner talking about walk away from this. It's going to change your life. And being tarred and feather ain't going to change his life. Like, bitch, they already got him. Fuck his penis being cut off. I feel like you'd be doing him a favor because he can't go return back to normal life. You can't just slick off the fucking tar and feathers. His skin is probably melted, bitch. You should have, if you was going to be a, if you was going to be a fucking hero, you should have came in about, I don't know, a minute in before. 
talking about it's gonna change you. It's already changed her, bitch. Look at her face. Look at her hair. Look at her life. <laughs> <laughs> like, did anybody else get pissed off about that? He's talking about, wait, it's gonna change. You don't do that. He was already tarred and feathered. Why does it fucking matter from this point? Like, goodbye, girl. Why don't you turn your skinny white ass, walk on right out of this goddamn trailer, and proceed to do whatever the fuck you was doing? Because this is not where you should be, girl. Good day, madam. Because I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just gonna come in like, I was just really pissed off about that. So I was like, okay, good for Penny. You know what? I kind of agree with you, real quick, there, Kitty. Because I don't think they—they don't—they ain't really down for that girl. I don't—I don't. It doesn't even seem like three titty lady would listen to her that much. No, like, mm-hmm. who the fuck are you? Like, everybody mm-hmm. who is in that room has something wrong with them that defines them as an outcast of society. You are a pretty white blonde mm-hmm. woman living in the fifties. What do you have? Oh, you can read minds. Jesus Christ! But there's nothing wrong with you that would make you an outcast. So for you to be what what three titty lady said was absolutely correct. I love that y'all just keep calling her three titty lady. <laughs> she was absolutely right. You're always going to be on the outside looking in because mm-hmm. you don't like and you never will. So I was like, yes, get your life. Please walk away. But I like the fact that Penny was like, I am the astounding like girl. Now you own like. <laughs> she okay. owning it. Yes. You owning the fuck. I'm, I'm very proud of you. But can you please put your hair in a ponytail at least? <laughs> please. I know you get it, but like you still, the only thing is wrong with you is that your face is tattooed. Like that's it really. Oh, and your tongue is split, but your entire body is not tattooed. So I, it's like, you still have a chance. You're not really a freak, but you are a freak. You just have a tattooed face, but like, please put your hair up in a ponytail for me, for me. If you don't do it for Paul, do it for me, bitch. Because I know they got lace fronts out there in the 50s. I know they got lace fronts. I know they got lace wigs. You better stop fronting. Or either shave <laughs> it off and, and pull some amber rose on us. Because I do not have time for you, the astounding lizard girl. <laughs> but she was like, I like the fact that she stood up for herself. Like, I was like, yes, girl. Like, ah. Uh, because her dad is a dick. And did you guys hear what music he was listening to when they, when they came in? Something about daddy. Yeah, don't call me daddy, or that like that's what the it was like the lyrics were. Yeah, like, don't call me daddy. Or call me daddy, or something like that, and it's still playing as she's coming up the stairs. So it's just like this is an ironic song to listen to while you're about to get like clocked. But that was awesome. And then her name was Ima or Irma, Irma Wiggles. Oh yes. I thought they were gonna name her um, Big Bet. Or, you know that when that game at arcades, you throw the balls in her mouth? Big Bertha? Yeah, Big I thought her name was going to be Big Bertha. I put that on everything. I thought it was going to be Big Bertha. But I thought it was cute that it was Irma Wiggles. I was like, you go, girl. I was yeah. like, good for her. Named but after I, Irma Waddles. I didn't get it. Like, I was just like, okay, good for you. But, like, I like the fact that she was like, do I look like a debutante? And I was like, no, you don't. I mean, you do, girl, but I guess for the 50s debutante, you are no Blanche Devereaux. So, I guess. Mm-mm. I did love Three Titty Ladies monologue. That was fantastic. I, I love that they gave her shit her to do. Her paragraph of lines. 
Well, she had a couple paragraphs because she did them different times. But yes, I, I liked them. I thought uh, I thought they did a good job giving her a storyline and, and sort of you know banding together these women. You know, we haven't really seen Susie do much except for like you know slice a, a man's <laughs> um, uh, ankles off or whatever the hell she did in her flashback. She stabbed and, him in his Achilles and I then it's like. And getting kicked by um, uh, Edward <laughs> Mortrey. <laughs> she got thrown. I just <laughs> Woo. That was good. Yeah, she and, came through the window. Good job for her, girl. And we haven't seen Amazon Eve be anything but Ma Petite's uh, personal chauffeur. No, she whooped his ass. Well, she did. She, she did. She whooped his ass. That's true. She whooped the strong man's ass, like. That's what she did. I wouldn't fuck with Amazon Eve. Like, I wouldn't fuck with her at all. Mm. Shout out to Amazon Eve for being a bad bitch. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So I'm glad they banded up and, and they did that to uh, the horrible man. As, as far as Barbara, a.k.a. Ms. Wiggles, I don't know what they're going to do with her. Um, they're just going to sit her on a stage and eat. <laughs> yes. Like no shade. Like they're probably she's probably gonna show off all of her roles and probably half naked or something. But they like I don't I don't know. Like because everyone has an act. It's not like they're in cages and they just walk past these people. Like they have something to do. So they're probably I don't know. Like maybe someone's gonna sit and oil her up and give her a full body massage and people are just gonna I don't know. I don't know. You gotta they're think about the children. There. There are sick people out there. Well, like, it, to them, like, it's all, it all, it, it is what it is. Like, it's just, an, I mean, it's an act. Yeah, that's true. It's a naked fat lady. I don't oh, know. Sorry, I don't, naked obese lady. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with her. Or as far as, not just in the show, but it, in the show, freak show, but as far as the actual show, freak was that, show. Did she have a, like, a, was, does that, was that a fat suit? I don't know. She might, that might be her. Just because, like, everything seemed just really bulky and big. And I've seen big woman, women before, but hers was just all compact. Like, it looked like a, a bot, like a fat suit. Like, her titties were her stomach. Her stomach was her rolls. Her rolls, like, it was, she just looked like one big, she looked like the Michelin Man. The Michelin Man. What'd I say? <laughs> That's she, she looked like the Michelin Man. Like, she really did. There was no definition. Granted, She's big, but like big, you still have to keep in mind they're women. They still have titties. The Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. That's who she looks like. <laughs> there you go. She just looked like rolls on rolls on rolls. So that like that can't be her. But if it is, like my bad girl. <laughs> yes. And on that note, let's wrap up the story with uh, Barbara. So Maggie, she wakes Jimmy up after his drunken night, and uh, you know basically wondering you know why this is happening to him and, and and you know basically she's like reminding him of their plan to escape and that they can't accomplish that if he's drunk and you know he refuses to suppress his grief and he sends her away and as she leaves jimmy has found has newfound eyes for Barbara because she has arrived, and uh, the night that he that she arrived, Pepper and Salty and everyone brought this you know sizzler-sized feast for her, and uh, Barbara was eating, chowing down, and um, Jimmy confronted Elsa, and it was like, why weren't you at the funeral? And I was like, well, I was in Miami, finding Barbara, and. Uh, 
basically, you know, she sort of hints to him, you know, that you should use Barbara, you know, put your head on her bosom and, uh, you know, think about mama and all that stuff. And so Jimmy, in his drunken stupor, seems to be making goo-goo eyes at Barbara and collapses, sobbing into her bosom. She didn't know what the fuck to do. And That's hot pie is heaven. Yes. So, moving on to a different storyline that we haven't touched on. We see Gloria. She's discussing Dandy's mental health with her analyst, Dr. Finebloom. And basically, she recalls his childhood of cruel indulgences, like cutting the hair off of Regina, killing a cat, and as well as uh, his childhood companion, the, the gardener's son, vanishing one day in Dandy's company. And basically, Dr. Fine Bloom asks if there have been any recent incidents. And she lies, saying that she just has a mother's intuition. So over at the Mott Manor, Gloria calls after Dandy with a gift, and he presents Regina as a visitor looking for her mother. Dandy says that Regina's questions should be directed at Gloria since Gloria was the last person to see Dora. Gloria explains that Dora just left to purchase a squash from a farmer, you know, there in um, Jupiter. You know, they have to go down to Homestead, you know, because that's where the best squash is. And then while she's coming up from Homestead, she's got to stop by Coral Gables to pick up some stuff that she had ordered and whatnot. So, it, you know, it could take a while. And uh, Regina says that she will wait. And they continue on playing a nice game of shoots and ladders. The next day, Dandy, you know, is sent by uh, Gloria to uh, Dr. Finebloom. And basically he responds to the Rorschach ink blocks presented by the doctor. And he's there under the pretense that uh, the doctor wants to see how intelligent Dandy is. And so as he's describing what he's seeing, each one gets more grisly and uh, more violent and bloody and gory and uh, he's impatient for his results for his intelligence test and the doctor is basically like i'm gonna want to see you twice a week for regular sessions because i need to figure stuff out and dandy retorts with a question about the cannibals of Papua new guinea and whether or not carnal consumption consumption can harness the power of a soul and whether a bath in blood would suffice so he returns home to confront Gloria about sending him to the analyst as if he were mentally ill. Regina has returned saying that she's going to go to the police if Dora does not return by the following night. After she leaves, Dandy bargains that he will attend sessions with Finebloom for a month if Gloria will kill Regina. Basically, he says that Regina's going to see through Gloria's clumsy lies and that they will both burn in the electric chair if the loose end is not tied up. Basically, you know, he's going to go away to die and he's going to have her sit on his lap as he gets electrocuted. Good grief. So, Gloria tells Finebloom that she has booked a passage on the Queen Mary for Dandy over his advice of temporary commitment. And she basically, she tells him that his services will no longer be required dandy lurks behind her and basically you know throws her own words back at her and you know he says that dora told him when he was five that his father was his mother's second cousin and basically he was also a murderer of young girls and he responds that he won't be going to europe and that basically you know 
she's getting ready to leave and yeah, she can no longer take on all that Dandy is doing. And uh, you know, she goes to her purse, she turns around, and he shows the gun in his hand, ready to sh and he's ready to shoot himself to end all things. She basically begs, you know, don't do that, you know, I can't go on if you kill yourself. And so he agrees and shoots her in the forehead, and he cries a single tear and sighs. Later on, we see Dandy walking through his playroom to, uh, you know, a, a tub, and he disrobes and literally bathes in his mother's blood. Dun, dun, dun. Deadly. Talk, yes. talk to the listeners about all this. I mean, if you want to talk a little bit about Jimmy crying on Barbara's bosom, you can. But let's focus on the stuff going on at the Mott's house. So Gloria, Dandy, the Doctor, and Regina. Well, yeah, I do want to say a little bit. That was very touching to me when he kind of fell into that bosom. Would you have uh, fallen into her bosom? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was sad. I mean, because that was, I think, the point where... It just finally really hit him. You know, he's been drinking, and at that moment, he's been he drinking. Made, yeah, he's, he's been, been drinking. drinking. <laughs> and girl, that girl been eating, been eating that pot pie. She been eating. Yeah, that pot pie looked really good too. But um, yeah, let's talk a little bit too about this uh, second cousin thing. Why did everyone at my pad that was watching? go on a tangent saying that it was okay to marry second cousins and stuff and i was having an argument saying it wasn't cool but anyway i think genetically it's speaking it's legal mm -hmm. you can marry your second cousin in most states it is legal genetically and, and it's too close genetically speaking though it's actually not as close as like really? a first cousin mm. I mean, either way, it's still fucking gross. I mean, it is, but... But, like, I guess, girl... There like, wouldn't have been that much... Like, I don't... I think for the story, it would have made a little bit more sense if they would have picked first cousin. Because I think the psychosis and that kind of genetic, you know, gobbledygooky, crazy stuff that happens when you do incest probably makes a little bit more sense for first cousin than maybe second cousin. Toes. Yeah. And let's also say that uh, I prefer Candyland to Shoots and Ladders. Can I just say that? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, did you miss... enjoy um, Regina's hair? Regina, yeah. Well, you know, she's so like subdued in this. I'm hoping we get to see like a different side of her. I guess just from you know, this is what happens to me every year. And since I, everyone else has kind of gotten into their characters, but it's the first time I see uh, Gabby. And so I'm still like hooked on last year where I just loved her character. She was like one of the best characters last year <clears throat> in Coven. And so uh, this is just a different departure. So I've got to get used to this. But uh, I'm hoping she shows some fire and comes back storming and, and handles Dandy because who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it unless it's the strong man? Unless it's a strong man one Pepper. day. <laughs> yeah, and oh my god, let's hurry up and hope that the whole Pepper story comes out with that little uh, spoiler alert you gave us a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that. But yeah, back to, that was a shock though. I did not see it coming where he shot his mom. And like I said, that's one reason why I really like this episode because, I mean, they just surprised us. And, and that's what 
what's supposed to be happening. I mean, my only other surprise this whole season has been um, the clown. I didn't see the clown thing coming, but the uh, when they killed the clown. But yeah, so this was like I said, the best episode. And and Dandy, he's gonna get his. I mean, I think he sunk to the lowest of the low. I mean, how are you gonna kill your mom? And just like Kitty was saying, the only one that was defending his ass. Mm-hmm. So, so we're in for a treat. We're in for a treat. I'm excited to see what happens. Does everybody remember the preview for this episode? Because they showed a clip in the preview for this episode where you actually see Regina at like the dinner table, and behind her was Gloria holding. Why? Right? I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. So I was like, oh my god, they're gonna get rid of Precious. So they, they didn't cut it show out. that. Either that mm-hmm. or maybe it's in the next episode and it's more of a fantasy sequence that Dandy has. And my TiVo cut off, so I did not see the preview for the next one, but uh, yeah, maybe in the spoiler you, you can let us know. Because okay. I'm not looking forward to next week's at all. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Kitty, what did you think of Regina, the Doctor? Wasn't it interesting that, they, did, that, that they didn't that, show oh. the Doctor? They did a little, uh, I don't, I felt like they were probably like, the doctor's not important. Yeah. Like, why show him? They're just going to show his hands, which I thought was cool that they only showed his hands and his voice. Yeah. For some reason, it reminds me of something. I don't know what, but I I like that they did that. Reminds me of Aleister Crane on Passions. If they, that too? I remember Passions, girl. Anyways, no, I feel like if they did show whoever was playing it, most likely he was probably a previous American Horror Story character, then somebody would have probably linked that shit together. Maybe it's the Nazi. So, she's like, oh, no, no, they don't got time for that. Like, Ryan Murphy's like, I just simply do not have time. Um, I I don't know. Like, I'm mad that they hyped it up that Gabby is supposed to be in this episode. And you see her, like, two or three times. And she's always, like, she's just like, okay, I want to see my mother. Okay, well, I'm going to do this. It didn't take that long to get squashed. Right. My mother's getting squashed. Like, <laughs> girl, like, I was like, yes, your mom was getting squashed. Because, like, what the fuck? But it was, like, I don't know. It was okay. Like, I feel, you know how I feel about overly close mother-son relationships. Freaks me the fuck out. But, like, I'm mad he killed his mom. But... She did say she was like, I love you, even all of the madness, but I have ran out of love to give. You see how she dropped her arm and walked away? Like She's like, I'm fucking tired. I just, this is exhausting for me. It's not that I don't love you, but you are literally, you are so difficult. You've been difficult to handle since you were younger. This isn't something that has suddenly sprung up on me. I've been dealing with this ever since you were born and I'm fucking exhausted. If you could just give it a break, if you could just stop being you for even just a moment, that would give me enough time to get back on my feet. But Danby's an asshole, so what's new? But I was hoping that he would have shot himself because it would have been cool for his mom to descend into madness and take over where her son left behind. Kind of like reverse Friday the 13th almost. But, like, yeah, I was not happy about seeing Gloria die because I feel like we haven't seen her enough in the season. And I love Francis, Francis Conroy. But is I. Yeah, as I alluded to 
in my, um, you know, just, uh, uh, what do you call it, initial comments on the episode, I don't know where they're going to go with this, because, as I said, you know, we have this person who is basically cleaning up Dandy's messes, who's trying to, uh, like control in a sense his uh, murderous impulses obviously not doing a good job because he keeps on killing people but at least trying to dissuade him from being a murderer and now she's gone so that means you know the chains have been broken and he can literally go batshit crazy like I don't know. I feel like he doesn't like they don't know what to do with Danby's character because they've had so many times to get rid of him. And they're just like, I don't know. I feel like they keep forgetting about him or they have something better built up for him or he's the this year's bad guy. But at the same time, it's just like <sighs> something needs to come to an end. Either he needs to be like murdered or he needs to be put into prison or something needs to come to play. Just because, like, what do you, where do you go now? His mom is dead. Like, yeah, don't you think there needs to be connection back to the freak show yeah, a little bit? The yeah. whole, like, Twisty the Clown thing. He doesn't even mm-hmm. wear the mask anymore. Like, he, that's over and done with. Like, it's kind of like he's just a character floating around now. Yeah, somehow we need to connect him back to the circus, to the freak show, I mean. Yeah, so, I, I don't know, I, I'm... S- torn as far as how I feel about what what they've done with Dandy and, and what they could do with him. But I guess, you know, we'll see what ends up happening next time. So uh, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid Freak Show. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash PCR Are You Afraid? You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook as well by going to facebook.com forward slash Poppy Chulo Radio. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns by emailing contact at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, can you please wish the listeners a good night? Good night. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Good night, Miss Elsa. I'm so fucking done with you. Good grief. And on that note, thanks for tuning in. Join us every Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid Freak Show. Good night, everyone. And catch me out one more time. Zip me, please. Zip me, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>